break dancing. I thought we were going to get into this at some point. Well, obviously, because we've designed the whole podcast this, around this it. This is but... the podcast. This is talking about cross-country denied and break. And there's no point dancing around it. I'm not going to ask you how we are, mainly because we've been talking for the past 20 minutes, half an hour. But, but, Alfie. So, what are your thoughts and feelings on breakdancing going into the Olympics? My thoughts and feelings are just as bad as it, just as bad as the thoughts and feelings that you just try to say. Let's not dance around it as like some sort of, uh, you know, pun pun there, which, you know, pretty awful from you. But you know what? It, it breaks my heart. Hopefully, people picked up on it. It breaks my heart. It breaks my heart seeing this in. Uh, that's a terrible pun as well. Yeah, it actually does though. It's awful. Like the the whole is it IOC? Is that what it's called? Imp- yeah. So their goal is to attract a younger audience to the Olympics, and they do that by doing a sport what hasn't been done by anyone since 2010. So the only fans of breakdancing are fans of the step up movies and street dance movies, um, which are long gone. Disclaimer: <laughs> cracking films. Doesn't mean they should be in the Olympics, though. Doesn't. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just just dive in there, right? You you cannot, right? Whoever judges dancing, right? It's opinion, yeah. It's opinion based. There's no, there's no like this person ran nine point eight seconds for a hundred, and then a second was nine point eight five. There's yep. not this person beat the other person by like 12 seconds in a 10k. All right, it's, it's, oh, I like the look of that. I'm going to give it this. And I feel like with some sports, like diving and gymnastics, there's those like technicality scores, isn't there, where it's a routine of set difficulty. Exactly. I don't see how they're going to fit this in with breakdancing. Like surely there's so, you can't just like everyone do the same routine and then they yeah. judge it off like execution of this routine because like, subjective sports in the Olympics anyway are just a bit strange. Obviously, gymnastics and diving are a bit different, but I mean... But there's on. history there. There's history. That's the thing. Like, I, I wouldn't have even kind of thought about that because, yeah, that's that's true. You know, you've got your synchronised swimming uh, and you've got stuff like that, but they, they've been in there for like a while and I kind of just don't feel like the Olympics actually needs potentially extra stuff added i'm not saying like i mean if they'd said yeah there's there's no more sports there's no more sports can go in because because the olympics is exclusive it's it it's difficult to make an olympics and like it's an honor to make the olympics and like i, I i'm not saying like breakdancers don't work hard because they work hard like of course they work hard but if they'd said no to breakdancing no to cross country no to any other entries Okay, fair play, but denying cross country. I mean, denying it and then putting in breakdancing, Alfie. So, right, the breakdancing thing, uh, if anyone actually knows anyone who does breakdancing, please, please let us know in an Instagram post or in the DMs. We're very biased. Yeah, well... (laughs) I used to actually technically love breakdancing when those films were out, to be honest, when I was like five. Fair. But then Fair. there's there's no influence on breakdancing anymore. And as much as I loved it before I even started running, 
it didn't attract me to watch the Olympics. Well, one, because it wasn't in there. But like, what I'm saying is like, I would never go out my way to watch breakdancing. It's like, mm. how is this going to attract the masses? Like, I'm not even saying cross country is attracting the masses. Like, as in, there's obviously a much higher participating rate in cross country than there is breakdancing. But like, if you're trying to attack, attract the youth, maybe do research before you actually just try and do something like what are they thinking like oh it's cool because it's like hip or whatever that's i'm i guarantee that's how they're thinking right now it's like breakdancing is cool because it's down with the kids or something ridiculous like that and oh, it's, it's anger so much anger i feel like cross country actually had a place in the olympics um, it did it didn't like even if they said okay right the tough thing is you say okay winter olympics but maybe the thing is we we've done cross country in the snow and like really really cold weather so it's a winter sport, really. Have, yeah. So we could like at least put it in the winter Olympics. Like I get, you know, we've got 5K, 10K, marathon, 1500 and like, and so we've got the track, we've got the road on there, but it would be nice to see cross country. I don't know whether people, I don't know, like I haven't, I haven't read any of the documents from the IOC because I'm just, Maybe I should do. Maybe I should do some more research. Maybe there's a good reason why breakdancing went in, but purely opinion-based. I have done cross-country in the UK now for, what, four years? That's depressing that you've only done it for that long. Wow. And I can tell you, like, it is horrible. It's rewarding at times, but it's absolutely horrible. Now, how long does the average breakdance go on for? I'll, I'll look that up for you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, because I, I can't think back to the Step Up movies. Uh, another thing, why has Cross Country not got a movie? Well, there you go, actually. Maybe the commercialisation's there. Because there actually is dancing movies. There's no... I mean, there's not enough Cross Country films. Maybe they should make more. Flow Track, you've got the means to do it. Until we overtake you and take all of your net worth, we'll let, we'll let you take it for a bit. Yeah, just just make a decent film, which they're probably incapable of doing because it's them. So someone else probably, you know, come through. And uh, I've looked it up, and it doesn't tell me. It's just saying uh, that's it's typical. Like what kind of sport? Like for running, if you looked up how long does it take a ten k on average, it would tell you. And that you know, it would tell you. So there you go. That's that's the sort of questions that need to be asked. Um, obviously, there must it must have been such a it's a big process putting a new sport in. So there must have been like a lot of campaigning, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but like, I just I want to see Ross Millington like running round the Eiffel Tower. I want to see Jess Judd like taking a top. You know, to, I mean, it's essentially World Cross. Yeah, it wouldn't be a cross country as we know it if it was in the Summer Olympics. It would be like like European or American cross country, like pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which I, I, I mean, don't have a problem with. No. No, not at so, all. Like, I'm just, it, I'm, it, sorry, I'm just trying to, re- find it. I'm just trying to read up on this breakdancing uh, and why it got added. Uh, I'll have cool. some news to report to you soon on that. Uh, and in the interim, I'm, I'm going to throw out there uh a little bit of respect to break dancers because i've had a few nights in clubs where i've tried to be uh dancing i'm not talented on, on that spectrum of things uh coordination's not there 
but with more drinks comes more talented dancing, I, I think. I don't really know. I'm waffling, Alfie. Please tell me you've so, got some news for me. So, first of all, the breakdancing community doesn't class breakdancing as a sport. They say it's an art. Um, <laughs> an estimated one million people take part in breakdancing. Okay. One million people across globally. How many? Come on. I don't know what percentage that is, but I can tell you, like, the thing is, with, like, part run growing and with recreational, like, running, jogging, whatever you want to call it, like, there's more runners in the world now. There's so many more runners in the world who want to watch across country. It's genuinely a place that's growing. And, like, financially for the IOC, it would have made so much sense to put cross country because that's a separate venue. That's more tickets. That's like, okay, we're going to... So, you remember World Schools when they had it, like, around the Eiffel Tower? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we went there. It, it was sick. Now, if you paid entry to like get in there or get around there or whatever, that's that's more money. I suppose they're still going to fill stadiums for breakdancing, though, aren't they? And there's potentially, well, the thing is, because cross country is open space, I guess it's tougher to uh, to sell tickets. An attraction, though, like breakdancing, you sat in you sat in a room for hours on end watching individuals come out and breakdance. It's like no competition. Like you can't physically see the first one and go compare it to the last one without looking back at a replay you can't watch it there and then you can't like take it in and i feel that's a big thing of what like spectators love to see is actual the competition where you yep. don't see the competition um so breakdancing has been added as an olympic sport for the 2024 games being held in paris the decision was confirmed by the international olympic committee on monday as it seeks to attract a younger audience to the historic competition other newly added sports include <coughs> skateboarding Sport, climbing, and surfing, all of which of debuts have been delayed of the te- Olympics in Tokyo. So, so here's what sports climbing, right? Skateboard has a big culture. Like I'm talking huge culture around the world, and that, and with the Olympics, right, uniting loads of different sports. If you look at some of the injuries, like skateboarders get from like jumping down like a massive set of stairs or whatever and like breaking their knees or breaking whatever they genuinely like hurt themselves to to pull off like certain different things and it does unite a sport that is a bit different like and that attracts young people too yeah and i can imagine there's a lot more than a, a million people who do it and i know this is biased but it's entertaining watching a crash country race like people like love watching cross country races. It's not like, like for, say for example, we have Edinburgh cross country or we did have it. And that was like mm. a big BBC TV televised show for like many years because people tuned in to watch it. Like, I don't know anyone has ever tuned in to watch breakdancing. And again, this is biased. So I'm sorry if anyone's like at home hating on us for hating on breakdancing. But- well, here we go. Don't, don't hate on us, educate us. That's, that's what it should be. We're talking in a in a biased fashion because we love the sport. It's what we do, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. If if cross country had gone in, I'm sure break dancers would be whinging too. That is true on their on their podcasts. That is true, and I guess every sport would want their sport to be in the Olympics. So that is that is that is true. But I think I don't. Yeah, you've played devil advocate there, and I can't really say anything to counteract that. To be honest, because it doesn't well, make no, sense. It's not, it's not even that. It's like well, we. 
it's it's fair enough both ways. If you're passionate about what you're doing, you should be upset about something like this. Otherwise, no. you know, what are you doing, sort of thing. That's true. And so, sorry again to any break dancers out there. I am deeply sorry that you're going to get to enjoy the Olympics and we're not. Right. If there's <laughs> any good break dancers who do cross country and and break dancing and have listened this far into a podcast of whinging. You're invited on to the next one. Send us a DM and we'll have a debate. Okay. That, yeah. All That's right. what we need. That's what we need. Okay. Yeah, but they're just going to have the one up on the debate because they're going to, all they're going to say is, yeah, but we're in the Olympics and you're not. So that's fine. You know? That's actually quite true. I don't know if I could take that. Right. Should we, should we move on from this uh, yes. horrible subject? And we asked, we asked questions yesterday. Mm-hmm specifically said make them juicy um so i was wondering if you just wanted to go through some of these questions and see if we can do it pluck out some answers from all right so there's somewhat i actually wanted to speak to you about because we've answered these so who's winning over 400 out of you two me versus you in a 400 meters who's winning well i i am you are i like yeah I don't like these questions though because it puts us like against each other. I don't like doing that. I don't no, like no, no, that. no, 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 because it's it's a it's a competitive sport. It's fine. Four hundred meters. Like... Yeah. What about three hundred? Yeah. I think I'd beat you at three hundred because my my speed, endurance, and strength is bad. I, I don't know, man. I don't like these questions. I don't like what it when it puts us against us. I feel like a, like an old married couple. What about 15K? That's where it gets interesting. Yeah. That's that's where it genuinely gets interesting. Because I... I wait, well, how far is 15K? Like nine miles? Nine and a half. Something like that. You would have me absolutely hurting. You, like... Because if you, if you started, like, dragging it out of me, I'd be absolutely, like hanging see i was thinking about this because uh, obviously when we were beefing um ben patterson and joshua josh lay about that Fair. race relay i was thinking about tactics because i knew i know for a fact that in a race you'd be able to push yourself more than i would to drop someone like, i would i Drinking? can't do it yeah i think i think you would work harder to drop someone than i would because I, I just can't do it in a race i am good at like hanging on to people rather than dropping people that's a good skill that's a very that's a better skill than being able to hurt and try and drop someone. No, but I feel like if we were in a race though, in like a 15K, for example, I wouldn't mm. try and run like, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't push it on, which right. would change the race completely. Um, it would be interesting though, because like I would be, I'd be going like hammer and tongue and you'd be on my shoulder, you know what I mean? Like, and then, and then when I'm, it's because it is so hard to like drop people when you're just like solo. Do- like the thing is, I just, I don't really agree with the like each lap a second faster. I think you've got two miles to go. You hit half a mile, you just absolutely slam it. And then it's like National Cross last year. Yeah. Um, going up the hill, we got to the top, gone. I was like, put a sprint in for like 600 meters and then settle right back and then just keep the gap consistent. I, th- I think that, that's one of my favorite ways to like to race. I got a good view of that race as well from being collapsed on the floor from where I pulled out. Um, Bless you, yeah. 
if it was a 400 meters at the end of a race, I'm going to give myself that one there. Just off history, just from history, Rory. Just from mm. history. Yeah, um, that's fair. No, no, it wouldn't happen. <laughs> Mate, Blackpool. If people don't know about this race, this was an iconic race. Under 17 Northern 5K Championships in Blackpool. I've, I've kicked half a mile into the race. It was but uphill. For the first mile, I'm pretty sure you ran like 4.30 when half it was uphill. And this was like when we were 16, 17. So, and then I've, I've hit, I've hit what? A mile and a half or a mile to go. I'm, I'm dying. I'm absolutely swimming. And you've just, just, just gone past me. I'm pretty sure we ran like 15.50 that day. So that's just context. 14.10 pace to ended up running 15.55. But, you know. First ever 5K, it was, it was exciting and confusing. It just proves my point, though, that you would push it on because I didn't bother and I finished way too quick. You know what I mean? Like, I'd never... Mm. Hopefully that changes on Saturday where we're racing. Well, are we allowed to speak about this? Are you racing as well? or What, podium? No, I'm not sure. Well, are you racing on Saturday? Are you racing this weekend? I'm doing a race this weekend. Same. I'm not. I don't know what race and no one knows what we race, but yeah, it yeah. Should, be, should be fun. Um, yeah, exactly. Find out maybe next year. Um, another question, right? Let me find some because some of these we answered. Most overrated runner, because I I answered this story question and tagged you as the most overrated yeah, runner. But obviously, I feel like we can actually give an actual answer to this. Most so, overrated runner. Um, I've had a lot of harsh people saying, "Why does Traxxor always post about Bertie Bob like this, that, and the other?" Well, because Bertie Bob is actually a generational talent. And at the next Olympics, there's rumour on the street that he's going to win the five and ten. Well, yeah, there's, an, there's another question what I can quickly touch on then. Someone asked, who do you think the first person's going to run sub 12.30 in the 5K is? Probably Berte Bob. Uh, Probably Berte Bob. Opinion. And then maybe Chet. Well, the thing is, I think Chet the guy would be like really dragging it on for a lot. And then probably like the last K, Berte Bob would just really bring up those knees. And then Ben uh, Parks. Back the home straight. Welsh, Welsh with, his, just, with his GoPro, Ben Parks comes through. I, I can see it happening though. Like honestly, I think it's uh, it's not far out of our reach. I think Ooh. Ben Parks is he doesn't get enough credit for for you know what he's worth either. Oh no, he's an absolute living legend, Ben Parks. He doesn't have to look after his shoes though. Seen that broke his tempo percent within two hundred miles. Don't know how he did. Was it was it was it a thirty mile run he did on his birthday? His first ever run in tempo next percent. He basically ran a thirty mile like trail cross country, just for the crack. Probably why. It's like you play with fire, you're going to get burnt, aren't you? So if you play with trails, you're going to get stone. What's going to pop your uh, air bubble in your tempo next percent? But you know, most overrated runner, Mm. man. I don't know. It's, it's a tough one, man. I'm going to stick this out there. No one come after me. Uh, I know that he has won very, very, very many medals. And he is an exceptional, still one of the best in the world. One of the best ever. But I think Mo Farah is probably one of the most overrated runners on the planet. Agreed. Agreed. He... What did he win this year? Did he win Athlete of the Year in the UK? And he's done one race. Uh, I'm not sure. I thought Jake Wyman won it. Wyman, why? Well, okay, but Mark Scott wasn't included. 
in the top yeah. three. But Mo was. And I know Mo got a world record this year, but like, come on, it's an hour. Like it was an hour around the track. It's it, like it's it's impressive and it and it's great and you know good for him. But he he didn't need that like top three on Athletics Weekly because he's he's got everything. He's got everything he could ever want. You'd want to give Mark Scott some credit for for what he's done. Mm. He ran what thirteen oh nine indoors. Yeah. Come on, man. Or thirteen oh eight European record, isn't it? You know, it was yeah, and he and he did he, he broke the British record for was it ten k on road, five k on road, five k on road. 5K on road. And you've got to remember this, like in the race, what was on a sound running event last week, he would have been eighty meters in front, like based yeah. off his indoor time, um, and that's you know over in front of Drew Cooper and Lewis Lewis. Um, so yeah, I, I, but yeah, most overrated probably Mo, even though he is amazing. People still think he's going to win next year. Come on. Like, if he wins next year, I'll be very, very impressed and will admit that he is the greatest of all time. Well, one of the greatest of all time. So here's here's my controversial call of the day of the podcast, okay? Mo Farah has said he's going to race next year, right, at the Olympics. Yes. So that... Automatically, that's forty grand in his bank account ish. Whatever, whatever the Olympic funding is. Yep. Okay, so let's just say, like beforehand, he then decides not to not to race. Yep. Which which wouldn't be unfair to to say because it's happened before in a similar situation. Yep. But I mean, I hope he does because that's you know that's a Brit hopefully on the podium. Uh, I don't think he can beat Chet the guy. Uh, I don't think he can beat Kiplimo. I don't think he can beat Ronit Skipruto. I don't think he can beat Kajelch. <laughs> it's like, you know, oh well. It's one of those. But I mean, it's going to be exciting next year to see. I mean, we, we, we could be seeing a US team that we're quite surprised by in the 5K. We could see Louis, Louis Revolger, Cooper, and then, and then Drew. You never know who who's going to be in that team. I mean, obviously Jenkins has still got a, a pop at the five, et cetera, et cetera. Woody, I mean, Woody Kincaid, Lopez Lemong. It's going, to go down to that, it's going to go down to that trials event, isn't it? Well, obviously, it that's is. kind of a stupid question because it's the trials, but like, it will be very open going into that trials race. And who's the best racer? I'd have to say, at the minute, I think Lewis is Louise is showing that he's probably the best racer. I think um, Gravolge is like he. I don't think I think if he wanted to go with half a mile to go, he could. I think if he wanted to go with a mile to go, he could. I think if he's there with two hundred. He can win. Like, I think he's just—he's he, going to be so versatile. And he—and he's run what seven forty-four, seven forty-two, three k. Yeah, he's run quick. Well, yeah, seven forty-two. I think it was. Yeah, because yeah, because Drew ran seven forty-four. And you're thinking, well, like <laughs> it's ridiculously fast. And you know, he's training at Altitude at NAU. He's got a pretty much perfect setup. I, you know, if, if he gets his build up right, I can't see a way that he doesn't make that team. No, I can't. And I, I think it I think it'd be smart if he goes with um running for US rather than I don't even know the country he also can run for. I completely forgot. I have a look. Um it's it's oh it sounds really bad now because obviously I know what country it is. Like I'd be able to tell you, like, oh yeah, but I just it's slipped my mind for whatever reason. Um, um why where is his why does this man not have a Wikipedia? 
I know it's weird. Some people, some people, some of the people have um, Wikipedia are absolutely atrocious. My husband people... has Wikipedia. Osama. Yeah. That's amazing. Right, it's I'm quite impressive. Right, let's see. So he's, oh, come on, why hasn't he got emojis in his Instagram bio? Who doesn't have emojis in his Instagram bio? Born in April 10th, so has two brothers choosing you enjoyed hiking, swimming, and beaching. That doesn't say where you're from, son. Let's just or... say he's from somewhere else other than America where he can run for in the future if he wanted to. Yes. Um, but moving on from this, the next Guatemala. question. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's yeah. I think it's smart if he sticks running to for the US because I feel like funding wise he'll get a lot more. Um Yeah. It's it's in, it's in, has he run for the US yet? I'm gonna say no. I don't think so. Okay. So yeah, that that'll be interesting. Um but I mean he might he might do a you know, Guzman and Field kind of close to his roots. Obviously, we don't know. He'd be an interesting guy to get on the podcast, I guess, in the future, actually. Um, learn a little bit more that. about him. We'll, we'll, we'll aim for that next time. But, um, yeah, that's... Have we got any other questions in there? Yes, we've got a few more. Obviously, we want to keep this one shorter. Um, mm. Going to have a guest for Sunday's episode. Um, well, I'm not going to guarantee it 100%, but we should do. Um so the next question I want to ask is sort of slipping on from the next one is most underrated runner. Mark Scott. Mark Scott. I was gonna say Jake Whiteman. Mark Scott. I guess Jay Mark, yeah, Mark Scott is a good one too. That's very fair. I mean, like do, are people are people saying Jake should be meddling at the Olympics at 15 or like eight next year? Because he should be. Yeah. Like if I had to pick a top three for next year's Olympics, it'd be Chariot, Jakob, and Jake as top three. Yeah. Oh, um, another one, Dan Rowden. Dan Rowden. Well, I feel like he's gonna get medal next year. So, yeah. like, I guess he, I guess that's a different one because he is underrated. But also, there's probably his his rise to the top has been quite recent. Um, so I feel like that's a yeah. But yeah, definitely, he's a very impressive talent. Like very impressive. Um, and I mean, like, Brazier. The, Everyone's talking about Brazier versus Radisha versus Amos. I don't think Radisha is going to get back to his prime or near it, which is sad. But like, and then Amos, you know, it depends what Amos turns up on the day. And then you've got Rowden is probably going to be there as with Hopple challenging for those top spots as well. So, yeah, it's a, it's going to be a stacked day hundred next year. Uh, I want to see right. This is just a completely random one thrown out there. I want to see Carsten Warholm do like a low key eight hundred next year, like. Just, just a local one to him or whatever and go out and like bash out an 800 time trial. I think he'd do all right. Right, so we need to talk about this to clickbait the podcast and potentially yeah. get him to see it. Carson Wilhelm, over an 800. He's definitely ran them before because he used to be a... Um, well, I think he was a heptathlete because I think he was too young to do decathlon or pentathlete, like, yeah. Um, and I think he's done an 800. I think he could run now. I feel like he could have run like 148, 147. Yeah, I was going to say 147, 148. And then with it training. Was, yeah. So it'd be a shock to his system. Big shock to his system. Like, so I reckon the first one, he'd run like 151. But then the next one, he'd run like 148. Yeah. I'd also love to see him do a four. Just a flat four What's when he's on fresh legs. Because, yeah. I mean, 43? Potentially? Yeah. 
Well, I mean, he did, yeah. four, he did 45, didn't he? An hour after his 400 meter hurdles where he ran 46, eight or 46, nine. So then an hour later, he did 400 meters in 45 and won the Diamond League. So, I mean, he's got to. But the thing is, though, it, it shows how like focused and locked in he is on like being so focused with his season because he doesn't dot around and do other things. Like no. he trains, he then comes out and runs a, a, a perfect 400 hurdles, nearly breaks the world record on God knows how many occasions. And I guess if he was jumping around, maybe he wouldn't run as well over the hurdles. Uh, but because he, like his coach has everything so right, he's got everything so right that they have these like successful seasons, like more consistent than most, more consistent than Jakob. Because yeah, I mean, you'd have to say technically. So. So, yeah, well, yeah. Warholm wins every single time. Jakob more or less comes second every single time, but he hasn't. Mm. He's come third sometimes, yeah. so I guess. And he's won sometimes as well. So, it's, yeah, 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 it's less consistent. Well, Whiteman's not been far off. Well, true, yeah. yeah. A couple of times. Well, Whiteman could have, we spoke about this, he probably could have got, maybe got first in Monaco if he didn't go that did that burst with like one 160 to go maybe mm. could have got first maybe yeah uh, but obviously it's taking a risk and like pushing on and either like he said would you rather be the guy who runs 329 but like you know went for it or be the guy who could have possibly run 328 but could have ran 331 in the same race like yeah, yeah. so yeah. yeah it's gonna be interesting every single race next year in the olympics hopefully it goes ahead is gonna be insane yeah uh, there should be a way for to sort out the infrastructure of the olympics though like th th there's enough time now given that there is the potential you know well like covid yes the vaccines are there whatever 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 but like realistically in this year knowing that it wasn't going to go ahead this year planning for next year covid friendly that scares me though like i feel like it'll get cancelled if it doesn't go ahead this year because like what we're, we're supposed to have the world champs this next year and the Olympics this year. Yeah. So, so then after that, would the world champs next year get canceled? Although, sorry, world the world champs the year after get, yeah. World, world and does have been canceled until 2023 um, or 2022. I can't remember. No, 2023. Yeah. Um, so will, Obviously, next year, next year's the Olympics. Year after that's world champs. Year after that's world champs. Year after that's Olympics. Year after that's world champs. Uh, that's the schedule we've got until twenty twenty five. Olympics, world champs, world champs, Olympics, world champs, and then some form of competition the year after as well. Whether it's European, well, yeah, we've got Commonwealth twenty twenty two as well. So, like, I mean, th th I feel like it'll, races will start getting cancelled rather than postponed. Um, yeah. But, you know, let's just hope that doesn't happen. I feel like we can get an Olympics in. Uh, we managed to get Diamond League meetings this year when COVID was in a much worse place and hopefully where it will be in a few months' time. And I guess sort of to finish up the podcast on a controversial note, the new vaccine in the UK, people have been told not to take it if you have severe allergies. Yeah. Because two people have had anaphylactic shocks from taking the vaccine and they assume... The only thing they connect to the two people together is that they're allergic to things severely. And you think, okay, so people who are severely, okay, so that's people who are at risk of COVID. Okay, so that it's like, so people who are at high, I mean, so look, I'm, I don't understand. I'm no, 
I'm no chemist, I'm no scientist, whatever. I'm not going to pretend like I know the ins and outs of the vaccine. But like a lot of people say that, you know, whoever's worrying about the fact that it's been like rushed, apparently it's not been rushed, et cetera, et cetera, because the funding is available for this. Like the funding is a lot more available than it, than it usually would be for yeah for like other other areas of research other sort of vaccines etc cetera, etc cetera. like yeah this one's had more fun than any other but i mean it's still worrying that something can be put together like so so kind of quickly i suppose i i'm not <laughs> I don't want anyone listening thinking that rory's like anti-vaccine because i'm not i'm going to be getting the vaccine uh of course i'm going to be getting the vaccine because i don't want i don't want to cause kind of harm to others like if I don't get the vaccine and I get it, I'm going to affect someone else. It's like, well, that, that's just stupid. I, I will be getting the vaccine and making sure that people around me are safe as well. But it, it, it's a tricky one. I probably won't be able to have it now because of what they've said about the allergy thing. So I'll probably have to wait to a vaccine 2.0 to come out before I can take it. Because I don't Believe fancy having an anaphylactic shock. Yeah. Um, which is what they assume. They don't actually know for sure. So I guess, like you said, it's the funding's been there. So it hasn't been as rust as you'd expect with this time period, but there's still some things that they've got to file out. Um, but like a lot of people have been saying, like someone said something about made a comparison with a meningitis jab in like 1999, they said it. it was like, yeah. I had the meningitis jab. I was really ill for three days, felt horrible, but it was better than having meningitis. Um, yeah. And I guess that's sort of the boat we're in where you could get ill from having it, but it's better than spreading it to millions and, you know, yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Well, it's like when I, when I go home for like Christmas, I'm pretty much not really going to be seeing my mates until after Christmas because I just want to make sure that I can see like my granddad and not yeah. worry that I've somehow because you you could be asymptomatic so easily and then it hits them and then you know shit hits the fan. It's just not it's just not worth it. So yeah, stay safe, wear your bloody masks, and everything's going to be okay soon. Yes, exactly. And I think that comes to the end of the podcast. If you're listening to this this far congratulations youtube video tomorrow christmas gifts for runners nick simmons the athlete special ali ostrada jake whiteman many many other names which i've slipped my mind for whatever reason and i'm sorry for those people because i feel bad now um should be ben crawford and zach levitt as well maybe colin quigley um everyone's busy but hopefully we can get everyone in so stay tuned for that video tomorrow and yeah thanks for listening guys Good evening, good night, and good afternoon.